think that's it. Father, we thank you that the word of God in this house comes forth with all authority in heaven and in earth because, Lord, it's been given unto you and you live inside of us. I pray, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit that we would grow this morning in our understanding of our identity in you, who we really are in you. You have gone out of your way to identify yourself with us, becoming sin that we might become the righteousness of God in you. So just pray, Lord, for divine revelation and orchestration by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. So we've been talking about being a counterculture to the world. This is number 10. We want to uh, identify ourselves with spiritual family for spiritual support, uh, commit ourselves to spiritual family for spiritual support. What we're learning, this is an unfolding revelation. It's why we've stayed with it this long because uh, myself, some of the the, uh, elders that I've visited with, uh, some men that I trust, I mean, there's many, many who really feel like we're starting to see something here. Something is being unfolded that we've not seen before that spiritual family is a spiritual reality that comes through your spiritual birth. And that the scripture says that we are family. We're born into the family of God. Just like you enter the natural world through a physical birth, you enter the spiritual world in relationship with God through a spiritual birth. And so we've kind of camped here a little bit. And my prayer is that you're able to really embrace and experience the reality of spiritual family because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So when the Lord says, preach this word, we're going to preach this word. And then it gives us faith. Rhema word from God carries with it an inbirthing of faith to begin to walk out and experience uh, what the truth is. And the truth is, like that old song, uh, I don't remember who sang it, We Are Family. Was that Pointer Sisters? <laughs> really? We are family. Sister Sledge. <laughs> Sister Sledge. Anyway, that's, that is the reality. This is also a reality. Satan fears a church who identifies themselves as spiritual family and lives in the reality of it. Uh, in the world we live in, in the American culture, very independent, rugged individualism. There's a, you know, there's a place for that. We don't want the government treading on us and those kind of things. But, uh, in the family of God, we are one in Christ. We are Him. In the earth, we are his expression. People want to say, where is Jesus, man? We need Jesus. He's in you. He's here. You are the body of Christ. (laughs) We are the body of Christ. So he fears a church, not only that identifies themselves as a spiritual family, but we learn what it looks like. Our desire is to walk it out, to become the expression. As I mentioned, scripture calls us part of the family of God. We're part of something bigger than ourselves. Because of this, we purpose not just to uh, meet people's spiritual needs in this house. We want to meet each other's relational needs. We don't want to just offer Christ to people, to one another and to new families. We want to offer ourselves to them. That's what the Lord was saying as Christmas rolls in this weekend that, uh, hey, let's, let's give ourselves to our family. We can give them the gospel by our attitude by how we serve, by how we care uh, about our families. It's not all about us. It's really about putting Christ on display. 
So because we are family, we're going to meet one another's relational needs, not just spiritual needs. Now, this is happening within the church organically. Man, I thank God all the way back to the Thanksgiving outreach. And then we've had cookie fellowships. We've had men's breakfast. We've got a women's prayer breakfast, not to be outdone. I thank God for this, that the Lord's put it on some ladies' hearts. January the 12th, there's a women's prayer breakfast uh, where the ladies can get connected. Let's make connection. Let's be family. And so it's happening organically. And then also we've set up a few things for you. The Christmas Eve service. If you're able to come and be part of that, then man, come on, make connection. But also don't just connect with each other because we, ex- we expect people from the community to show up. So let's love on them. Let's let them see the Jesus that we're madly in love with. Amen, Amen somebody. <clears throat> uh, same with the New Year's Eve service. We're starting at 10 because we want to bring in the new year crossing the line at midnight with prayer and with worship. We want to give that very first fruits of 2022 unto the Lord. So at 10 o'clock, we'll fellowship together, uh, have some snacks, desserts, I think. Uh, then at 11, we'll start worship, and we'll just worship until the new year comes. I think there may be some games after that, too, if people want to stay in fellowship. I'll probably go home and go to bed. But... <laughs> We're beginning to recognize as a church, even as staff, as men in the church, women in the church, that we're not here just to go to church together. We're not, we're not here to even work together as a staff or whatever. We're here because we're all in God's family together. And I told you last week, if you don't like the people next to you, listen, deal with it. They're your family. If you don't like them, you got to take it up with God. First Corinthians twelve eighteen says, God sets the members. And he probably sat them right next to you so you'd learn to walk by the Spirit and learn to love them by the Spirit instead of by your feelings and your flesh and your personality. Amen. Preaching good. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. In the spirit of the season, I know we're talking about spiritual family, but look at this. For a child's been born for us, the gift of a son has been given to us. He will take over the running of the world. If you think that God didn't give His Son to change life on this planet and somehow He just planned on giving Jesus so you could die and go to heaven and forfeit the world to the devil, you missed the gospel. He sowed a son in this realm so He could reap sons and daughters in this realm and we turn the world upside down, make it look like heaven. It's not just about going to heaven, it's about bringing heaven here. So when God sent his son, talking about Jesus Christ here, is being prophesied hundreds of years before he shows up, he's going to take over the running of the world. His names are amazing counselor, strong God. Look at this one, eternal. So family is whose idea? God's idea. He's also the prince of wholeness. His ruling authority will grow. There'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. Where? In heaven? No, everybody who needs wholeness is here. He's going to bring wholeness here. And sometimes it takes great love and interaction from people here before people find great wholeness from God. So the Lord may want to bring wholeness to your family because Christ is in you. The Prince of Wholeness is in you. The Prince of Peace is going to be at your Christmas. He's in you. I I would be so disappointed if you came back and said, Man, Jesus was nowhere to be found this Christmas with my family. Weren't you there? If you're there, you brought him. Boy, but it's so much easier to blame everybody else, isn't it? 
Oh, my family, they're this, they're that. But hey, if you're there, love should be there. The Prince of Wholeness should be there. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it takes great love from people before people will ever discover true wholeness from Christ. And you're a carrier. Everybody say, I'm a carrier of the wholeness he brings. His ruling authority will grow. No limit to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic throne of David over the promised kingdom. Uh, he'll put that kingdom on firm footing. He'll keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of the God of the angel armies will perform it. That means it is going to happen. So we're going to love each other well in this Christmas season. We're going to love those who don't know the Lord or who don't attend Grace Church. We're going to love them well this Christmas season because uh, He's the reason for the season. It's not about presents. P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. It's about presence. Emmanuel, God is with us. His presence, E-N-C-E, is in you and He's in me. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, this is also a message. You can easily enough see how, well, let me say this again before I read it. Remember, guys, spiritual family is a spiritual reality. You don't make that happen. If you're born again, you're already family. So you start learning to live in the awareness of what family looks like. Okay. So here's a great passage on it. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one family. You're one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used, uh, we each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life. Everybody say integrated. See, look what happened to you by the Spirit. You entered into a large and integrated life with a whole bunch of people called the body of Christ in which the Lord has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Is that our life's no longer ours. It's His. Each of us is now a part of His resurrection body. Refreshed and sustained at one fountain, His Spirit, where we all come to drink. So because Christ is all of our source for life, we're all connected to Him. And in our connectedness to Him, we're connected to one another. That makes sense? Okay. We're all drinking from Him. The old labels, oh, hear this, church. The old identities we once used... Jew, Greek, slave, free are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. The fact you belong to a greater whole, you belong to each other, doesn't devalue you, it adds value to you. Makes you more significant. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to the body. What would that make it so? 
No. If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? No. If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If the body was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. There it is. Here it is again. Spiritual family is a spirituality brought on by your new creation birth. So the revelation of us being family, we are family, is tied to your new creation man. Chester coming over to my house tonight doesn't mean that we're family all of a sudden. We're already family. So Chester, come on over. (laughs) And we'll begin to live in the reality of spiritual family. How about this? According to the new birth and being placed by the Spirit into the family of God, guess what? You're not who you used to be. God is now who defines who you are. God is now who defines what you are. The Spirit is the one that determines what you're a part of and who you're a part of. We belong to one another. We're part of the same body of Christ, sourced by the same source. You once were unrighteous. Then what happened? You got born again. You became righteous. Very good. You once were an enemy of God, but now by birth you're a friend of God. You once were independent of each other, but you got born again, and now you are connected. You're joined one to another by the Holy Spirit, by the new birth. See, and we, oft, we often want to hold on to what we were. We too often want to hold on to what we think we are. <laughs> that I said a lot right there. What we think we are. There is truth that exists beyond what you think you are. Now, here's the human fallacy. Oh, if I don't think it, if I'm not conscious of it, it's not true. Oh, my gosh. Humble yourself. There is truth that exists, brother, sister, beyond what you think about yourself. Truth about you was here before you got here. Truth about you will be here long after you're gone. My goodness. This is why Jesus said, if you'll participate with truth, if you'll come into union with truth, it'll make you free. We've got to come to terms with the reality that we are spiritual family and that how we treat one another is really how we treat Christ. Because He has identified Himself with us. We need to start identifying ourselves with Him. I can show you in Scripture, I'll do it, two or three of them here in a little bit, where He's identified Himself with you. Remember when... uh, I'll show it to you later, but I'll, I'll give you a little glimpse into it. Acts chapter 9, Saul's on, his, on the road to Damascus. Jesus interrupts the caravan. Paul's, or Saul's knocked off his horse, and what did he say? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? Why are you persecuting my church? Why are you persecuting my saints? Is that what he said? Why are you persecuting me? Me. Because how you're treating Those people, Saul, is how you're treating me because I'm in those people. Yeah. 
Let that sober you. How we treat one another is really how we treat Christ. You can't say you love Christ and not love your brother. Christ is in your brother. Christ is in your sister. So how you're treating them is, is how you're treating him. Now let's, let's talk a little bit about Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, all those old identities we don't need anymore. We'll say, let's bring it into modern day, okay? Uh, Dallas Cowboy fan. I didn't get much rise out of that. Republican. Democrat. These are natural, earth-born identities that will cause you to stumble, misidentify yourself. Even American. I'm an American. Okay, that is a reality that I'm an American, but there's a greater reality. The parent reality is that I'm a born-again child of God, born of His Spirit. And that I belong to you and you belong to me. There's greater realities than those natural identities. Brother uh, Don Wheeler and I were talking this week. He had a vision where he saw Christ stand up amidst all these natural identities. There are natural identities all over our culture. Like I said, uh, Republican, Democrat. How about male, female, or the other 90 genders that they throw at us sometimes, which are highly confusing. You got all these natural identities. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm a cowboy fan sooner, yeah. I'm, I'm all those things. No, the greater reality is you're a child of God. You're born of His Spirit. That's your real identity in the earth. That's what you live and die by. Amen. So Don saw Christ stand up amidst all these natural identities and tower over them. And he said, Steve, it wasn't Jesus Christ. It was the body of Christ that stood together as Christ in the earth. And I was immediately reminded of John 12, 31. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them in unto me. And immediately he said, Steve, if my church will stand up, if they'll get woke. Not to all the garbage theology the world offers, but if you'll get woke to who you are in Christ, and that Christ is inside you, you'll stand up as a new creation man, and people will see Him and be drawn to Him. It's not about you. It's about drawing to Him. Amen. Yeah. And if you don't think that politicians and the media and all that want to induce you invite you into natural identities all the time, male, female, black, white, all that, so they can divide you, you're missing it. Now, here's the problem. We don't even need their help to do it because we'll, we'll misidentify ourselves by the flesh, by how we feel, by what we think, how we perform today. We, we start using the tree of knowledge of good and evil to identify who we are. Let God define you. Let the truth define you. 2 Corinthians 5.16, from, no, from now on, we know no man according to the flesh. That includes each other. That includes ourselves. We know no man according to the flesh. So there is a new creation man, church, right here in America, ready to stand up. And it's us. There is a new creation man in the midst of all the natural man. You don't have to make this happen. You just got to get woke to the fact that Christ is in you. That we collectively are the body of Christ and we can stand up in his identity. And say, come on, everybody, come unto Jesus. This is what he looks like. This is how he is. Does that make sense to you? 
Quit knowing yourself by the flesh. Quit knowing yourself by natural identity. Stop naming. We have to quit naming ourselves. He's already named you. Humble yourself and agree with Him. Righteous, holy, accepted in the beloved, forgiven. Accept those things. Stop naming yourself and accept the names that God has given you already. Let's go to John 17. This isn't in my... uh, I don't have it on the screen for you, but I'll read it to you. John 17, Jesus is praying. How many of you believe His prayers get answered? I do. I do not pray for these alone, but for all those who believe in me through their word. That's us. He's praying for us that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. This is the new creation man, Don, that when we come together and we stand up together as Christ, the world begins to see him. And where he's lifted up, he draws all people to himself. Verse 22, In the glory which you gave me, I've given them, that they may be one just as we are one. The glory... We talked about that yesterday. Jesus said, the glory, Father, you've given me, I gave to them. The glory of God is the manifest presence of God. That's true. His presence, His Spirit. But it's also the view and perspective of God. You need to have God's view and perspective of you. You need to have God's view and perspective of who He says you are. And I'll tell you right now, if your view of who you are in Christ doesn't rock your natural mind, almost offend it with unbelief and doubt, you haven't seen who you really are in Christ. Because your natural man will balk at it when you really see it. Verse 23, I in them. Boy, I wish Jesus were here today. He is. (laughs) He's in you. This is the gospel. Not just that he died on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? So he could live in you. Because he can't live in you. He's pure. He's holy. He's righteous. He can't live in in an unholy temple. So he had to cleanse you. That's why he died. So he could move inside you. Look at this. This is incredible. Verse 23. I in them. You, Father, in me that they may be made perfect in unity, in oneness, that the world may know that you've sent me and love them just like you love me. Wow, that's a whole lot of love. That they may know that you love them just like you love me. Does the world know how much God loves them? They don't. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me would be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you've given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. Verse 25. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I've known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I've declared to them your name, your character, your person. I revealed to you who you are, uh, who, to them who you are, and I will reveal it. Look at this, that the same love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus is coming to your Christmas family gathering. No longer can we blame all the in-laws and outlaws that Jesus never showed up. (laughs) It was a disaster. And let me tell you why. It wasn't my fault. It was everybody else's fault. (laughs) Jesus said that the world would know that you love them 
or that the same love with which you love me is in them and that I'm in them. The love of God is coming to your Christmas dinner. Thank you, Lord. Now you can see why I prayed what I prayed. We need to see this. Now, the beautiful part is you don't have to make this happen. It's already happened. We're just trying to drag your tired self into the reality of truth. (laughs) The truth is already there. It's already yours. Touch your neighbor and say, you already got it. (laughs) Touch him again so you don't have to earn it. (laughs) Oh, All right. Third time's a charm. Touch your neighbor and say, get woke to the truth. (laughs) Get woke movement. Why are we talking about truth? Because spiritual family is a spiritual reality brought on by your spiritual new birth. You belong to one another. We are stepping into this. Even me personally, I've never seen it like I see it now. Never. I have come to a whole new understanding of our connectedness in Christ. We are the body of Christ. And as we stand up together, He stands up in and through us and amidst all these natural identities. And man can finally say, Aha, the truth, the way I was designed to live, the love of the Father that He has for me. The truest thing about you is what God says about you. So stop yeah-butting him. <laughs> See, we like to yeah-butt the truth with how we feel. You need to start yeah-butting how you feel with the truth. Yeah. You don't determine who God is. God's determined who God is, who He revealed Himself in Christ as as himself through Christ. So the truest thing about God is who God says he is. How he's revealed himself in Christ. How about, let's, let's pick a few. I gave you a few, but there's some other fun ones. I said that uh, you're righteous. You're a friend of God. You're joined to the body of Christ. How about this? You're free from sin. Now that's the truth. Brother, where do you get that? I, you should follow me around. I don't need to. John 8, 36, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now, you may not always participate with the, with the truth, with that reality. What's the parent reality? Is it everything you feel and think and see in the natural or is the parent reality the spirit? It's the spirit. So you may not always participate with what is true about you, but you're free from sin even if you went and did one. You just chose not to participate with the real reality. You don't determine the truth. You discover the truth of the help of the Holy Spirit. And so for years now here at Grace Church, he's been talking to us about the real reality. I want you to walk by the Spirit. I want you to live in truth. I want you to move away from natural identities, all those things, and grab hold to who I say you are. You're free from sin. Come to terms with it. You're righteous. You're approved by God. You're loved. You're forgiven. Your past, present, and future sins are all forgiven. Jesus is not coming back to die for you again. Okay, it's finished. He did it. So you got to come to terms with that. Choose to live in the awareness. Everybody say awareness. The awareness of truth. So the word awareness in the dictionary means that you live mindful of and conscious of a reality. It's, it's amazing. He never 
asked you to create or cause your union with Him. But He does ask you to live in the reality of the union that you have with Him. Okay? You consented to it. You got born again. Now you live in the reality of it. And part of that reality is that you love each other well and that how you love each other is how you love Jesus. Because Christ is, this is not figuratively speaking, He's in each of you. Yeah, and that's why that's why division is dead the day we walk in the reality that we're all part of the same uh, Christ, the same person. I cannot if I if I demean you, I've demeaned myself. If I lessen your value, I've lessened myself. We're all part of the same whole. Division dies at the revelation of spiritual family. Come on and give God praise. My goodness, that's so powerful. Division dies at the reality of spiritual family. That's why Satan fears a church that identifies themselves as part of the whole, as one in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So what I'm getting at is there's already a new creation man among all the natural identities. It's us. What Don saw in this vision was that a man stood up amidst all the natural identities. And the man was Christ. But it wasn't Jesus Christ. It was the body of Christ standing up in Christ. That trumped, overshadowed, overtook all the natural identities. Look at Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 2. Living Bible. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Be humble and gentle. Okay, that's a great question. I just had this thought. Okay, if, if Christ is in Stacy and Christ is in Jaretta and how I treat them is how I, how I treat the Lord, uh, why do they make mistakes? Because Christ is in their spirit, man, and there's still a free will, free moral agent. They can choose not to express Christ. Uh, to me or to somebody else. But this is what the Lord is saying is choose me. Choose to let me be your life, be your expression. Walk by the Spirit is what the Scripture says. Does that make sense to you? All right. So he's in there, but it doesn't mean we always allow him to lead and come forth. Uh, make allowance for each other's faults because your love. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Because of your love, try always to be led along together by the Holy Spirit and, and be at peace with each other. We are all parts of one body. We have the same Spirit. Wow. We have the same Father. Isn't that what makes family, right, in the natural? Well, in the Spirit, it's even greater. And we have all been called to the same glorious future. For us, there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and we all have the same God and Father. There it is, who's over us all, in us all, and living through every part of us. However, Christ has given each of us special abilities, whatever he wants us to have out of his rich storehouse of gifts. So there you go. We do have different expressions. But you got born into something bigger than yourself. How many of you have ever read the Bible and put your name in there? You inserted your name. That's a good practice. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Put your name in there. Jaretta is patient. Jaretta is kind. 
But did you know that there's a greater reality to that? That we can start reading Scripture and understanding that whatever it's saying individually about me, it's saying about you? Of all the letters that Paul wrote, how many did he write to an individual? You see how we've missed this? Because in America, we want to personalize everything. It's individualism. It's about me and Jesus, me and Jesus. This is how Jesus sees me. While that's a truth, there's also another truth that how he sees me and what he's saying about me is equally at the same time true about Kelly. All those letters were written to the churches. Not to an individual. Everywhere you think that Paul is saying you, that's fine. But recognize he's equally saying you all. You all as Christ. You all as Christ. We are the body of Christ. Now, Christ had the Spirit without measure. The fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. You and I need one another for a fuller completion of of Christ. You carry things in greater measure than I do. I carry things that maybe you you don't carry in that measure. So we need each other to have the fuller expression. Does that make sense? We are Christ. And we are going to stand up in this hour amidst all the natural identities. Jesus Christ identifies himself with us. We need to identify ourselves with him. Look at Matthew 25, verse 37. Then the righteous will answer to Jesus. He's separating the sheep from the goats saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you thirsty, give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? When were you naked and we clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to see you? And the king himself will answer and say, truly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. That's not a figure of speech. He said, truly, truly, sincerely. This is, this is the facts, what I'm about to tell you. What you do to one another, you do unto me. Wow. You want to love Jesus well? Love each other well. Woo, come on, Holy Ghost. Did you know that... How many of you know that your mom and your dad informing you gave of themselves each to make you? In the same way your father did in the heavenly realm. He gave of his spirit. You have his DNA in your spirit, man. It's not a figure of speech. You are part of Christ, the anointed one. Help us see it, Lord. Humble ourselves. Acts chapter 9, verse 4. Then he fell to the ground, Saul did, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Why are you living life against itself? But isn't it interesting? Jesus so identifies himself with us. He tells Saul, not why are you persecuting the the people, the church, my people. He said, me. When he sees you, he sees himself. He makes no separation. Boy, we do. Boy, we do. We know ourselves by the flesh, by how we feel, by our five senses. And yet Jesus said to Saul of Tarsus, are you kidding me? Why are you persecuting me? All those people you're persecuting is me. I'm in those people. Woo! 
Stephen, you guys can come. Are you seeing it yet, guys? How many of you know what a body is actually for? A body is to give expression to the life that's within it. So whose life do you possess? Possess. Christ. The Christ life is in you. See, we thought we're all here to express ourselves because that's what, you know, the athletes tell us. (laughs) Express yourself. Be your own brand. Get out there and make a name for yourself. No, this body, which is part now of the body of Christ, the whole is to express the life of Christ within us. Like I said, when the Father birthed you, He put Himself in you. Just like both your parents gave of themselves to make you, well, your Heavenly Father gave of Himself to make you. One last one, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, well, these are the sons of God. For you didn't receive the spirit of bondage that leads to fear. You receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Father, Father, Daddy, Daddy. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. Is it bearing witness with you yet? That that we not only belong to Christ, we belong to one another. Our organs of our natural body don't compete. They don't compare and be like, man, the st- could you imagine your stomach saying, I wish I was a kidney. I got the raw end of this deal, Sherry, let me tell you. I'm just an old stomach. I'm just an old toe, you know, I tell you, I wish I was a hand instead. Your body does not do that. You want to know why? It's humble. It's humbled itself to the one that made it. And so they, they co-labor together. They cooperate together. They do not compete. I, I can't. I can't imagine what it'd be like if your stomach uh, had the falling outs with your kidneys. And the stomach just said, you know what, Larry, I'm done. I'm done with kidneys. I'm shutting down. I'm calling it quits. That's a bad day. What happens when the body does that and turns independent instead of codependent on the other parts? It destroys itself and kills the whole body. (laughs) Isn't it time we quit competing? Isn't it time we humbled ourselves and and begin to celebrate how different we are? (laughs) It's funny when you think about it, but your body is not arguing with itself. It's not competing. It's just mutually submitted. In the same way, cancer cells are rogue cells that declare independence from the whole and start multiplying themselves and they end up killing themselves and the host. They kill the whole body because cancer cells are just rogue self-centered cells that refuse to participate with the body as it was designed. So as the body of Christ, and, and again, this just, just bear with us because we've really sought the Lord about this. I really think we're starting to see something that at least for me, I have not seen before. Not like this. But spiritual family is a spiritual reality that all of us are part of as a result of a spiritual birth. And now it's as simple as, Lord, use the Holy Spirit and use the Scripture to teach me how to be Laura's brother. Show me what it is to be Larry's uh, brother. And I realize there are different depths. I may have a closer family walk with Larry than I do with uh, Joe Schmo, But that doesn't mean Joe's not my spiritual family. 
That doesn't mean that how I treat him is not how I'm treating Christ, because it is. Stand with me. Man, glory to God. You know, I pray from the bottom of my heart that you are well-equipped, that you are roused for a wonderful Christmas week whereby the new creation you, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, put off the old man, stop identifying with it, stand up as the new man, that you have a great week of Christmas, and that when your family sees you, they see him. When they hear you, they hear him, because he's in you. He is coming to dinner. (laughs) He is coming to dinner. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you this morning for the gathered church. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You personally, you've identified yourself with us. Now we repent and we identify ourselves with you. That we can stand up and be one as the body of Christ. This is the, this is the identity that mankind is made for. You are the way, the truth, and the life. May we stand up together, end all fussing and fighting, end all competition, and embrace one another and be the body of Christ. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Did you have a word? You've been listening to Grace Church. Advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.